This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Blue Collar Culture Podcast. I am your co-host, Ryan England, and I am here today with Jeremy McLiver. Welcome back, everyone. So I'm really excited about today's guest. He's got an amazing story, which I am not going to do justice. So I'm going to give him just a minute to catch us up on that. But he owns and manages a marketing company that is really focused on franchise brands and really helping them dominate in their market. One of the things about franchise brands is that there are usually a lot of locations and it can be difficult sometimes for these smaller businesses to compete. Even though they're part of a larger brand, they are individuals by themselves. He started his company just over five years ago. He's already grown it to 75 people. So this guy knows what he's doing when it comes to marketing. And I just, Joe, I want to let you share your story real quick, but I want to welcome you to the show, Joe Soltis. Hi, Ryan. Jeremy, great to be with you. Great to be on the blue collar culture here. Very excited. So quick background. I worked at a company, top ranked in advertising age magazine, 180 person firm. And we serve Fortune 500 companies. And late into a pregnancy, while I was working there, my wife and I lost a child. And the question that you know I asked, I always said I want to be successful so that I can help people. And you know, it was always I want to be successful so that I can help people later. You know, I can use that success to help people. And what we lost, Ben, late in the pregnancy was how do we help people now? So we created Choice Local with a mission of help others, and that's what we do. We take 10% of our profits out of the company, roughly to help kids in need. This year, we're doing a donation to a Habitat for Humanity, which we're really excited about, and a bunch of other stuff we're involved with. But our mission goes beyond that. It's, it's helping our customers succeed, which we call partners. It's helping our employees succeed, which we call teammates. And then it's the giving back piece as well. So the other thing we did is we said, how can, like, I would had customers like FedEx and CVS and just multi-billion dollar brands as customers. And I said, how can we help small and medium-sized businesses be wildly successful with the same level of customer service and the same level of strategy and results that we're giving to these Fortune 500 brands. Because the small business owner just isn't getting served the way they need to. And what we learned and what we found is that you can do that in the franchising space because of the replicability of it. We've also found that you can do it in verticals as well. So we're going aggressively after concrete standalone businesses, every concrete contractor in America as well as in the home care space and franchise systems as a whole. And we've had a lot of success doing it. It's been a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. It sounds like you and I are serving the same market. I know Jeremy's serving the same market as well. So really excited to have you here. So to that end, what is the biggest myth about your industry? What do you want to dispel for our listeners right now? That it is science-based. It is not a like it, digital marketing, people are like, oh, it's a magic box and it's a bunch of hocus pocus and I don't know what works and what's not. The truth of the matter is, it's very easy to figure out if you have the right approach. Like Google is powered by an algorithm, an algorithm that can be reverse engineered. And then we reverse engineer it for our customers to figure out how we get them to the top of the search engines. And it's not just guesswork. It's not wait and see. There's a concrete plan. There's a concrete way to do it so you can accomplish those results. So for example, Google does hundreds of changes to their search engine algorithm every year. And then it does several really big ones. And when it does a really big one, 
All we have to do, so we have hundreds and hundreds of client partners, is see who went up, who went down, and what's the difference between the two. And then by just doing that, usually we can reverse engineer that algorithm update within a couple of days. And then we take that and then use it to move everybody forward. So it's not a black box. So the lesson though is don't do this alone <laughs> because if you do it alone and you don't have that professional expertise to dig in, really understand the changes that are going, it can feel like a black box. It can feel like voodoo and, and black magic. But here, working with a professional, working with an expert, that's what's going to help you get the results from your digital marketing that you need. Is that right? That's right. But they also have to put up the goods. Like if, they're, if it's dragging on for more than three months and you're not seeing a lift, they're not doing something right. Got it. So let's talk about that not doing something right. What's the, what's the one thing that you see in the work that you're doing that your team sees with your partners? What's the one thing that holds most of them back? We work with small and medium-sized business owners. So the customers that we work with typically are on the franchisee space and the independent business owner space, and even on most franchisors. I mean, they are a company doing between a million dollars, even a half a million dollars on the smaller side, up to $10 million in sales. And what we see for even really successful franchisees is they can't get out of the business. They're always in the business and they're always doing the business as opposed to working on the business. And it's because they have great difficulty in scaling their business. They have great difficulty in the delegation piece of their business and finding the right people to make their business grow and scale. We're at the point they're not burning the candle at both ends. And that's the biggest challenge that we see small business owners make. Got it. So I want to go back to something you said and tie it into this. So you'd mentioned earlier that if the business owner is not putting up the goods or the marketing agency is not putting up the goods in a couple of months, we need to make some changes. And then we're talking about this delegating piece and you know, talking about how do you manage, how do you lead these people from a metrics-driven perspective? What are some of the things that these business owners need to do to know that they're getting the results they need from their team and maybe even from a marketing agency? So with everything, the first thing that you need to do is tie a KPI everything. A KPI is a key performance indicator. It's called a KPI or a key performance indicator for a reason. It's not a key performance dictator. But what it does is it indicates to you what's actually happening and it's very powerful. So with a marketing agency, the number one KPI should be how many, like if you're a business that generates, like relies on leads for sales, how many leads am I generating? How many of my customers am I getting? And what's my ROI? And your number one indicator needs to be ROI. That's the KPI. So you set a goal ROI for that marketing investment and then it needs to be measured. And like we provide those tools so that our franchisee and, and business partners can measure us because it helps us retain them as partners because we deliver the goods. But on the employee side, it's a similar thing. So if you have people that are doing outbound sales for you, it's how many calls a day are you making and how many appointments you're booking. If you have people that are servicing your customers, like they're pouring driveways, what's the net promoter score? Which is a, it's the number one KPI that can be used to actually predict the future in your business. So it's just how excited are people to recommend you? That's what that number is. I can go all into that, but those are just some simple ideas. If you have a customers that can be with you for a long period of time, what's your customer retention rate? What's your referral and word of mouth rate? Those are all numbers. Every position in the company, I don't even care if it's office manager, needs a number tied to it so that we can, people can feel if they're winning or if they're losing. And frankly, you can move them if they're winning for you you can help them win too by increasing their compensation and those types of things. So they see a career path. 
they see progression, they see forward movement, but the business sees it as well. And then everybody wins. And that's, that's the type of environment you want to build. No, I think that's great. Being able to measure people's performance. It's not just about making sure that they know when they're not doing a good job, but it's also about making sure that they know when they're winning. Uh, I don't like playing games where there's no score. So, and making sure that they know when they're doing a good job is really beneficial to the team as well. That's right. So, so when we start talking about these KPIs, which I want to really look at how are we making sure that from a marketing perspective, we're getting the results that we need? And whether that means we've got people in-house that are doing it, or we've got an expert like yourself that's helping us. I know there's a ton of KPIs and I don't want to get too technical on that, but what are some of the actionable things we should be looking at? And what are some ways that we can really drive performance around them? So there's a lot of different ways that you can slice this. You know, from a marketing perspective or from a business perspective, one of the things you always want to look at is year over year growth. So what are, how many leads am I getting this, you know, in February this year compared to February last year? How many new customers am I getting? How many outbound calls am I doing? How many appointments are getting booked? How many inbound leads do I have? Those are all things. And if you're in a business that's heavily seasonal, you need to look at that on a year over year basis. And then you also, anytime you do a big change in your business, whether that's investing in a new marketing program or investing in a new employee or teammate, you want to look at kind of pre and post, you know, what was it like when this person or this company partnered up with us and what was it like after? And then you can measure that success and that difference. So those are super, super important KPIs. The other one that I I did want to talk about though was net promoter score. So Years ago, for example, if you turned on like CNBC, like 10 years ago, like they had, they had this show, it was that like constant rerun loop. It was called like the age of Walmart. And all you could do was hear about Walmart over and over and over and over. And no one was talking about Costco. At that point in time, Walmart had a net promoter score of negative, meaning their customers hated shopping there. And Costco had a net promoter score in the 70s. People love shopping there. And what ended up happening, if you fast forward 10 years later, Costco's taking huge market share and Walmart's saying, how do we copy what Costco is doing so we can be more like Costco? Like net promoter score predicted that was going to happen like a decade before it became a reality. Similarly, like Tesla has a net promoter score that's the highest I've ever heard of any company. It's in like the high 90s. It's crazy because the net promoter score can go from negative 100 to plus 100. And it's in the high 90s. Well, Elon Musk, a year ago, was like the 40th richest guy in the world. Today, he's number one. That net promoter score helps predict that measure of customer loyalty and enthusiasm. You need to make your customers raving fans. It's such a critical number. And you can also do that with the people in your company by measuring their net promoter score. How likely are you going to scale one attend or recommend somebody to work at this company? And you want that number to be high. And if you keep moving it in the right direction, you're going to have people that are fired up to come into work and they're going to do a great job at your company or organization. It's really powerful. Yeah, I totally see that. And the thing about net promoter score is it's, it doesn't really matter where you're at on the scale. The point is to see progress. I've talked to people that have a net promoter score of right around zero and they're like, oh, we might as well just give up. <laughs> What's the point? And I'm like, it's not this isn't like a death sentence for you. If it's not good, let's just move forward and let's progress it. And we see that a lot when it comes to 
the employees in the company. So you had talked about doing net promoter score inside the company with your employees, but also with your customers. But what I found is if you really focus on having happy employees, they're going to do a lot better job at making happy customers. That's That's right. And so you can have a lot of influence over your different net promoter scores and your different markets by just, you know, from my perspective, just focusing on your employees because a happy employee is going to make a happy customer. But if your employees aren't happy, there's nothing they're going to be able to do to make your customers happy. Right, right, right. Well said. I mean, it's gone to some companies, say you're like checkout at like a certain store and you literally hear them like trash their employer three to four times while, while you're there. But something's not right there. And it's not just you have an angry employee who's venting. Like something's not right there. Like you got to take great care of your teammates. It's really important. It really is. I love that, Joe. For a while, we were GC in a job um, as a general contractor. We could tell if we'd made the right sub decision on day one when the crew jumped out of their vehicle and whatever that crew leader told us, the first thing out of his mouth was going to tell us if it was going to be successful or not. If he said, oh, there's the material here. This, that officer always messing it up. Ah, oh, and he was grumbling and griping. It was going to be horrible. Yeah. And we messed up. And we'd have ones we'd get out and we'd say, hey, the, I don't think the material's here for that. And he'd be like, really? Hmm. Let me give him a call real quick. That's weird. It was going to be a good job. Like it was literally, so you talk about employee net promoter score and we're talking about, you know, the outside customer net promoter score. Both of those are really hinged on each other. We've actually boiled it down. We use uh, some work from Walt Brown on the patient organization and seven questions to really dive into the employee net promoter score, making sure that we're being strategic about the way we communicate to build raving fans. Because we have raving fans as employees you know, there's all the glass doors and those things out there. But the real thing that matters is what are they saying when they go home to their friends? Yeah. Because that's what's going to drive your employee base. I'd be curious, what do you feel like are the maybe a couple of nuggets that a company can do to increase their net promoter score in the marketplace? The first thing is ask. So anonymous surveys can be really powerful. There's lots of different tools out there that can do this. You can even do this through like SurveyMonkey, like very cheaply. And you just send an email with a question once a week. So we do this at Choice Local and we ask the net promoter score question once a month. We ask once a month on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you at work today and why? And then we say, what's one thing you would never change about Choice Local and name one thing that you'd like to see improve at Choice Local. And then we take that data and we use it to help us. And we hit like we have a monthly team meeting where we get everybody together and we say, here's what's going on in the company, we have celebrations and we give lots of praise to lots of people in the company. We give updates on our financials and what's happening and the latest things we're doing to move forward and we celebrate promotions, people in the company and all that. But we actually survey our team and say, what do you like about the team meeting? What would you like to see that's different? What would you like to see that's improved? And it's very powerful. And like there's things that I'm changing in leadership is a direct result of what I'm hearing through those surveys. And we're seeing that net promoter score continue to tick in a positive direction out of the gate. And it's good. I and mean, we won best workplace awards three years running. We're coming up on a fourth now. So it's important. And you can't, the other thing you got to keep in mind, you can't be all things to all people. You're not going to make everybody super happy hundred percent of the time. But if you're seeing that net promoter score, 
you know, you're 30 plus, meaning you're great compared to most companies, then you're aiming for 50 and then you're aiming for 70. That's great stuff. It's fun. Totally get it. Yeah. When running, uh, where's I used to run a steel company, we're growing super fast. We ended up, you know, we won 100 best place to work in Arizona. Went on, I think they're on, there are now six or seventh time I've lost count. But once you have that momentum of a great culture, you know, and so often people think, well, that, you know, you're a marketing company, so they, they'll take all that stuff. But a metal company or a roofing company or a concrete company that you work with, well, do they really want that? And if the answer is yes, absolutely. When they are bought in, they're engaged, your employee retention's up, which shows up on the bottom line. So love it. Looking external, because I know you do a lot of marketing and you're the expert in this arena. Um, what are some things that companies can do to make sure that their customers are experiencing a really strong net promoter score? They're actually creating these nines and tens. What do you feel like underneath of Elon Musk's success? I, I know I gave you kind of a compound tough question there, but really looking for some nuggets that we can take to our companies and be like, here, their net promoter score can grow with this. Yeah, there's a guy I met at a men's uh, CEOs group that I went to. And it's like a faith-based group. And one of the guys spoke who happens to like own like a steel mill. He brought out a book and it's, it's completely secular, but it's called uh, Be Great by Peter Thomas. And in the book, basically what they say is sit down with a pen and a paper and write down all of your values, things that are most important to you. You know, whether that's integrity, whether that's hard work, you know, whether that's good health, whatever it is, just write it down. And you have a list there of like 20 or 30 values that are important to you. And he says, pick your top five and then order them one through five. Then write down goals for those values in your life and in your business. And so that's a really powerful thing that can move you forward personally as well as professionally. But in a company, that's a long way of saying you need to hire people to believe what you believe. So not just somebody who's a great craftsman, but somebody who believes in integrity in all things, if that matters to you. Somebody that believes in candor with goodwill, if that matters to you. Somebody that believes in amazing customer experience, if that matters to you or that matters to your business. So like one of the things at Choice Local, we have a core value, amazing customer service. And when I meet with our new teammates for our first day, I say, when was the last time you went to a company or worked with any company that did more than they said they were going to do for you. And they did it before they said they were going to do it. And then there's like silence because that doesn't happen. So you can differentiate as a company, as an organization by having amazing customer service. What I always say is doing a good job sucks. Being amazing is where it's at. That's how you build these promoters. You've got to hire people that believe that and then reward them when they deliver on that. I don't care if, if you're a company that pours concrete driveways. You need to have an amazing experience for your customers where you estimate the job will take slightly longer than it will take and you finish early. You come in under budget and you do it without making a mess like of, of their house as much as you can, like the yard and those types of things. That is a differentiating experience. And people are like, man, that company's awesome. They came in, they got it done early, they were like a little bit under budget and like it looks fantastic. And like when they were done, like it was fantastic. Oh, like the grass was in, like everything was great. Like, I love this company. You should work with them. That's how you build those promoters. 
but you're never going to have that. Even if you're a CEO who believes amazing customer service, you're never going to have that unless you're working 200 hours a week and you're on every single job all the time, or you hire people that believe what you believe. And then you can start to scale that through your organization when you match those values with KPIs. And that's how you do it. Joe, you couldn't be speaking my language more. <laughs> you tried. I love that. Um, you know, the only way to transfer and delegate the, the success that got us started is through values. That's how we're transferring all of that internal value system. And there's not really another word for it so that everybody's enacting on it. And so if I summed up what I heard there, the best way to change our marketplace and the way that the market views us as a company, the best way for us to get raving fans outside in our community is actually to focus internally on our employees and make sure we have raving fans for employees because that's the only way we're going to deliver the amazing customer service. Right, Jimmy. Love it. So as we dive into this a little bit more, what are two actions that you feel like our audience should go do today? They already have a team. They're already moving their company, already got motion. And they listen to this go, man, I got my values. They write them down on a piece of paper. Where do they go next? What do they do? Okay. They have their personal values. Now take those values and apply it to your company. Some of those values may or may not be applicable to your company. Some of them may be, but you need to come up with those top five values for your company. Okay. Once you have that, and it doesn't have to be five, it could be three, but you shouldn't have like 12 or something. It's just crazy. Keep it simple. Okay. Then once you have that, you need to find a way that you hire, fire, give raisins and promotions based on performance and those core values. So how do you do that? So if integrity in all things is a core value, during the interview process asked, when in your career did you feel pressured to lie and how did you handle it? And don't say anything else. Wait for them to answer. If generosity or like giving is important to you, and this is, by the way, people want generous managers and leaders. So this is important. This is actually a very important question. So name three times in the past year where you've been generous. And if they can't come up with an answer, like at first, like it's an odd question for an interview, but if they can't come up with an answer, they're probably not that generous. But if they can come up with an answer, they are. And that's, people like to follow people that are generous. People like to follow people that know that can help them. So that's powerful. So that's step kind of two. So figure out ways to hire for it. Then build it into annual reviews. So here's how you did on your KPIs. Here's how you did on your core values. Have your teammates on your company rate themselves and then you rate them as well. And then you can have coaching conversations with them. And then ask them, you know, what are your dreams and aspirations? How can I help you make your dreams and aspirations a reality? And you do that during your, when you touch base with them, when you're on the job with them, even during like formal monthly meetings, you do that with them. And you build a bond because you're helping your brother, you're helping your sister, you're helping them get ahead and make their aspirations a reality. And what that does when they understand you legitimately have their back is it builds this culture of trust. It builds this culture of loyalty. And I'm going to work my butt off for you, just like you're working your butt off for me. And it really helps everybody. And it's really, really cool. So those are kind of the, some simple things that you can do to make this a reality in your business from an idea to something you're doing day to day and living and breathing in your organization. Love it. Yeah, we, uh, 
we wrote an entire book called Unmasked, How to Hire the Ones You Don't Want to Fire. So I love those questions that make you go into the uncomfortable, the not traditional questions, the ones that are very specific and you're looking for how they respond. Kind of going into that generosity one, you know, if you ask me that right off the bat, there might be a little bit of a stutter and it's going to throw me off. But immediately I can start drawing some stories from that. And I think when you're watching these interviews, it's so important to to observe how do they handle those situations, the awkward situations, the are they does it seem like they're just pulling out of thin air or are they they really got something? So I love that because so often we just didn't ask those questions, so we didn't learn about it. We didn't set the right expectations. And when we hire them, we don't get what we're looking for because we didn't ask questions that brought that conversation up even in the interview. Because I'll get this a lot of times. I don't know if you get this, Joe, but I'll get, uh, well, we're just going to hire them anyway. Yes, because I labor market short or yes, because whatever. That being said, these questions uncover stuff. And I know that I've had that people tell me that we're just going to hire them anyway. They go through and they ask those questions and they're blown away with it by the questions. So they're excited about it or they're blown away going, oh, my word. I will be okay not having an employee for a while. (laughs) (laughs) That isn't going to work. We were going to hire them anyway. So I encourage you out there, if you're listening to this, to really dig into what Joseph's saying here and just say, what are my values? What kind of company am I trying to build? And then go and interview to those. Love that. Joe, thank you so much for being here with us today. It's been a great, great time. I love diving into it. I know you have some really good practical ways to take this out into the world, into your marketing. And I believe you even have to do some stuff around a, uh, you have a free giveaway here. So could you share that, the free giveaway and how they can get a hold of you? Got it, Jeremy. So you can go to choicelocal.com. And what we do is we develop marketing strategies for businesses for free along with revenue and return on investment projections. So you can say, here's what your competitors are doing. You can see that. You can see exactly how to beat them. You can see exactly how to capture the projected market share that we're showing and how many leads and how many new customers that will come out as a direct result of that at the ROI. And what's cool about it is we do that for free. And that piece really can drive tremendous growth in businesses. Like our mission is help others. We've had tons of businesses that we've helped sell. People retired, other businesses we've helped from going out of business by executing that strategy unique for them. And it's a lot of fun. And we celebrate that like during our monthly meetings, like here's something we've done to help somebody. So, so anyhow, at choicelocal.com, there's that information. And then in some industries, like concrete, for example, we give free websites away that are really powerful, built to rank in search engines, designed to convert into qualified leads and customers. So we have that as well. Love that. So if you're listening, go to choicelocal.com. Definitely would recommend it. And so thank you, Joe, so much for being on. It's been great. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. You guys are doing great work. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by BlueCollarCulture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to BlueCollarCulture.com.